The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Tuesday edition of PFT Live, and looks like we got a little paintball action at Lambeau Field. Unfrozen Tundra. Time to go out and do a little team building. Wow. Just be careful. Ask Laurent Landry about paintball, Chris. Ask. Yeah, it's better to take it. It's better to take it in the face shield. Than, oh, and we have exclusive video of. Oh, oh, there. That's that's well Get done. Em, that's Get well him, Aaron. Get him. Get him. That's well done. Hit him where the sun oh, don't oh, shine. See, I took the I took the Laurent the Laurent Landry shot. Yes, right. You, you remember that story? I kind of do. As you were talking about it, I do kind of vaguely remember it. But yeah, go ahead and that's explain it. it to me. One okay, more time. wait a minute. That's enough. Stop that. Stop he the is fight. Felt in your, hey, Aaron. Oh, he is Aaron. open you. Aaron. <laughs> All right. That's good. Well done. I, I'm, I'm looking this up now. Laurent Landry was drafted. I can't remember. They're all blending together. 2008, 2007. He was drafted in 2007. Oh, it's the first result. June 15, happy anniversary, 15 years almost. This comes courtesy of the Associated Press. Dateline, Ashburn, Virginia. A paintball shot in the groin left rookie Laurent Landry unable to practice when the Washington, currently known as Commanders, opened their minicamp on Friday. That's the headline. A paintball shot in the groin. So beware. Some team buildings entail slightly more risk than others, especially to one's manhood. On that note, good morning. It's PFT Live. Welcome back, Johnny on Assignment yesterday. I had a lot of fun saying you were on assignment. It makes me feel tough. It makes me feel cool. All these other shows get to say that the co-host from time to time is on assignment. It sounds sounds very secretive. I suggested suggested maybe you were off to kill Putin yesterday (laughs) on assignment. Nope. No. Were you successful? Did you kill Putin? Nope. The the war is still raging on. I did not. So we're still stuck with him. Nothing we can do there. I did get to hang out with Joe Burrow, which was cool. So I know we'll talk about that a little in a little while. Uh, but it's good to be back. That's almost that's almost on the same level as killing Putin. Yeah, it's I, close. Yeah, yeah. I don't one know. A and one B. I don't know about that, uh, but Joe B was a lot of fun. That's for sure. So that was cool. Definitely was. Wait, other thing I wanted to ask you too. You know, like what, what's up with you? Usually, like we used to do the show, and I'm sitting here, and you know, you come up the door. Yeah, and you're coming up your stairs, and I hear you, and I'm putting makeup on. And then usually you sit down in front of the camera and put some makeup on now too. But now you, like, hide off on the side and do your makeup. I don't see you do it anymore. Like, you got some special, like, collection over there you don't want me to see or something. What's going on over there? I have been doing this for well over a year. I have realized that it is easier to properly apply the makeup when I stand in front of these bright-as-the-sun LED lights gotcha. that have been installed in my studio. I've been doing it for maybe two years. I don't know. So, no way. Welcome no to 2019. Way. No way. Two years. Pothead. No way. Two years. You're crazy. Absolutely not. All right, did you watch it's the— It's more than one. 
you watch the NBA Finals last night? You've been paying attention to that at all? I watched as much of the NBA Finals as I watched of the, of the Tony Awards. Okay, so I guess so, you didn't watch none. any. Right, I none. All right, damn. Zero. All right, all right fine. You're no fun to talk to. So I'm just, just I'm talk just, football. <laughs> if there's a Game 7, I'll watch it. And maybe I'll watch Game 6 since it's got that elimination vibe. I'm keeping up on it. My son commandeers my barn anytime there's an, a big NBA game. His buddies come over and they hang out and they watch the game, and he comes up, and, hey, who won? How'd Steph do? I know the basic questions okay. to ask. I just – I I was well, – I was get down there and breathe some of the good air in the barn that your friend, your son and his friends are providing. No, no, All right? No, get in there. There's none of that happening oh, in my Oh, okay. Barn. Darn, darn. What, what, kind of, what kind of kids are you racing here? Get them have a little fun. Jeez, take the leash off these damn kids. Come on. <laughs> when I was five, my dad told me, if you watch anything but the last four minutes of a basketball game, you're wasting your time. Or I was four, and he told me, if you watch anything more than the last yeah, five It doesn't minutes. apply in this series. So that, I know. That, yeah, I know. All right. Fine. All right. Well, there we go. Th- those were the days when there wasn't a shot clock. There wasn't a three-point line. You're right. It was they a different game. They would do game. the... Remember the old four corners offense sure. that North Carolina used yeah. to run under Dean Smith? and they right. were, I remember there was a final game, and it wasn't involving North Carolina, but I remember seeing the headline in the paper. And now I, I, I feel like we've talked about this before, and now I'm going to have to find it again. Thank you very much for the piano music. There was a game between Washington <clears throat> and maybe Stanford. I feel like we've done this before where the final score was 18-14. Not in eighteen fourteen. The final score was eighteen fourteen. I, I don't remember that. I don't. I can't say that I do. But you I were do, very young, if corners. not alive. Yeah. You may not have been alive. Yeah. Well, that was a good thing they invented all the other things—a three-point shot and the your, your, the uh, the shot clock. Or you're right. Basketball might not be that popular with eighteen fourteen type of games. There was a fairly long period of time where the NBA had the three-point line and the shot clock, and college didn't. Yeah, and it became right. very glaring, and it used you know, you know forty three to forty would be a high scoring game in college basketball because nobody was in any urgency, and you had strategic delay, and and two points was the maximum you would get unless you got fouled, and then you got the three point play. That was the only way you were getting three points. So that wasn't all that long ago, grand scheme of all things. Right. And then, do you remember this? Do you remember this? And you got me talking about basketball, and now I'm having all these memories. Do you remember when all the different conferences had different three point lines? And like one of the no. three point lines cut through the top of the key, and one was right at the top of the key. And then I think they came up with a uniform standard college basketball three point line. But there was a time where different conferences had different three point lines, and you could see a floor that was painted with like multiple different three point lines. It, it was, yeah, it was, it, it, that was a time right after they started with the three point line. They didn't have any kind of a comprehensive approach so different conferences had different three-point lines yeah I, yes. I, I don't know if I, I remember different three-point lines I don't know if I remember it being all over the place in conferences and all that but again I was young so I don't know but all right let's go let's talk about football the hell with three-point shots and college basketball and all that crap we got plenty of football to talk about let's do it and we don't have plenty of time to do it because we got four shows left. Well, less than four shows now because we're about 10 minutes into this one. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we are done for five weeks. So enjoy us or hate us while you can. Baltimore fans finding some enjoyment yesterday. Mandatory minicamp for the Ravens. A lot of mystery originating from Franchise quarterback and 2019 MVP Lamar Jackson. Here's Marlon Humphrey making the big reveal that Lamar Jackson did indeed show up. Dun, dun, dun. Y'all won't believe who I'm with. Yeah. What's going on, guys? We're back at the King's Castle. I hope you're ready for the season because I'm sure he is. Let's do it. Flock Nation, baby. That's great. That's fine. It's mandatory. He was expected to be there. It didn't provide any insight, explanation, guidance, or understanding as to why he hasn't been there before. I know he's working out with his own quarterback, mechanics, guru. Plenty of time to do that in the offseason. Plenty of time to do both. Yeah. Plenty of time to take care of your team-related practices, getting to know your new-look receiving core with Hollywood Brown traded. Plenty of time to work on your mechanics. Plenty of time to do everything in the offseason. If you truly are fully and completely motivated, 
dedicated, determined to have your best season ever, win a Super Bowl, and then have a gigantic pile of money just drop out of the sky. You know, we tried last week to ascertain what he really wants. I really do think he wants that 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 no negotiation offer. The Ravens show up and say, here it is. All you got to do is sign. And it's so obviously the best contract ever given to any NFL player. He'd be stupid to not sign it. I really do think that's Maybe what he wants. Right. Maybe you're right. And 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 since they haven't given, given it to him yet, his only alternative is to go out and have a great season and hope they give it to him after the season ends. Yeah, right. And what we were talking about was, uh, yes, well, we want you to go to OTAs, Lamar Jackson, so you can have that best season we're talking about. And, you know, they can roll up the Brinks truck and just drop the cash everywhere. You know, to me, the, to your point, you know, you can do both. You know, the NFL offseason schedule for players is not that grueling. The hours aren't crazy there. So it's good to see him there for sure. I mean, that's something. I was wondering whether he was going to show up for mandatory, mandatory uh, minicamp. I expected him to. But, I mean, again, with Lamar, you just you don't know. And because he doesn't talk to anybody and there's no agent and it just seems to be hard to get in contact with him in general from anybody you talk to, you never have an inkling of what's really going on or hearing a rumor. So, yeah, I don't know where his mind's at. Either way, he was there in the uniform, I'm sure, taking team pictures and doing all those necessary things before minicamp that, that teams do. Uh, but good to see him there, regardless. It is. I just It's risky. Of course, it's very, very risky, and I don't understand the approach of not putting yourself in the best position to play your best football in a risky year like we're talking about. Well, and to back it up a step, we want him to be there if his goal is to have the best season ever that he's had and go get the huge contract, but he should already have the huge contract. That's where this thing got off the rails. They're ready to pay. The vault is open. It's been open. He shouldn't be practicing without the protection of the long-term contract, but he doesn't have the long-term contract, not because the team is slow playing it like the Cardinals are with Kyler Murray. He's slow playing it. It still makes no sense whatsoever. I wonder if they're going to make him available to the well, media. I don't yeah. think it's mandatory that he's What's available the question? to mandatory minicamp. What are you going to ask him? What's the first thing you're asking him if you're there you know, on press row there with Lamar Jackson? What do you want to know? The team seems to be mystified by your failure to engage the organization in contract negotiations. Why have you not? Right. Why have you not talked to the Ravens about a new contract when they seem to be ready to give you one? Yeah. Yeah. That should give you just. What do you think he'll say? Yeah. What do you think he'll say? I, 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 I figure he'd throw around something like, "I just want to focus on football and do things there and play my best." And that'll take care of itself. I, I feel like it's something like that, which, again, is going to kind of lead to, I think, where your pasta and meatballs gut is here. You know, And the same, what you're saying a little bit is what Steve Biscotti said. Biscotti, Biscotti, sorry. Uh, tomato, tomato. I know. Bishotti, damn. I, I choke when I come, it comes to his name. Like he hey, said, hey, too. It's a Biscotti. <laughs> I can do that. I know. I can do that because I'm Italian. By the way, by the way, yeah. based upon some of the TV shows I watch, it still is fair game to make fun of Italians. I don't know why, it is but it funny. still is. Well, good. Hey, it's a biscotti. I know, right, I know. Well, I guess it, it, it is. Well, you guys are good sports, and you don't take it too personal, and you make fun of each other. No, no, so we just, we just I think shoot that's you. what's good. Yeah, exactly, right. Get my Tommy gun out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. But, but I, I mean, yeah, to what the owner said, though, Mike, and, and to your point, he kind of said the same thing when he was at the owner's meeting. He got the feeling that this guy just wants to – you know, play, play so great, win a Super Bowl so he could just say he deserves it, and then they just give him a contract that there's no discussion with, and he can just sign the dotted line. I mean, it, it's starting to feel that way. It, it is. so. Uh, but, yeah, I think he would give a lot of, you know, hyperbole and kind of BS there to a degree uh, in his answer. I don't know how capable he is of that, and that's a compliment. That's a good thing, I too. Think you're right. I, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it would to be, be genuine right. and honest and not do the Tom Brady 90% of the time. I don't say what I really think, so we have to parse through every freaking word that he says to figure out which is in the 90 and which is in the 10. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Tom. But with Lamar, I think he still is, you know, kind of young. And, and, look, I was that way. I was very naive. I, I, I used to – be extremely gullible because it was too hard to try to figure out when someone's lying to you and when you're not. When when you are, as you grow up, drilled 
to always be truthful and honest and candid with everyone, and then all of a sudden you're introduced to a world of bullshit, it's overwhelming at first. Now I've become very adept at spotting it over the past 35 years, but I can remember being early 20s thinking, I really would like to just be able to take people at face value. It's going to be a lot of work to figure out when people are telling me the truth and when they aren't, but I think Lamar Jackson still kind of views the world that way. So I, yeah, we'll I think see. you're right. You're right. I, you know, are you hesitant to negotiate? Yeah. Are you hesitant to negotiate with the team? Right. Um, do you understand the risk you're taking by playing the position the way you play the position and not accepting the money that Steve Bishotti Biscotti wants to give you? Th- these are all very fair questions. The problem with the press conference, though, is – Everybody shows up with the one question that they plan to ask to impress their boss and check the box and show that they're actually doing their job, and it's never a meaningful conversation. It's a scattershot approach. He needs to sit down for an interview one-on-one with someone who would have the ability to just drill down. Lamar, how did we get here? How do we get out of here? Do you not want to have to negotiate? Do you think you shouldn't have to? Do you think that you'd maybe like to finish your contract and do a couple of franchise tag years and become a free agent and force the Ravens to sign you that way. And if they don't give you the best offer, you go play for somebody else. Do you want to play in Miami? Is that what this is about? Are you concerned they're going to trade you if you don't engage them, that they're going to become exasperated with the situation and say, we need certainty here. There are a lot of questions that could be asked in that setting, one after another after another, to get to the bottom of this. And to the extent that he's frustrated about these discussions, he's responsible for them, whether he intended it or not. He's allowed this mystery to just grow and expand and spread. It's like a vine. It's gotten worse, not better. And and this whole showing up for mandatory minicamp, like, hey, here I am. I'm ready. Well, where you been? You're here. Good. You have to be here. You're going to get fined $100,000. Not that maybe they'd probably find a way to waive it or excuse it. They don't want to agitate the situation any more than it already is. But where have you been? What have you been doing? That's part of what you would ask in a sit down as well. Why didn't you go see him instead of Burrow? Go see him next. Well, I mean, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he declined the offer. Maybe with how he treated me on on Twitter a few weeks That's ago. True. Maybe that he's That's like, true. I don't want to talk to that guy. Uh, but hopefully not. Maybe one day I will be able to talk to him. But I, I think you're kind of, you're you know, your, your questions are right. You're kind of on the right track there. And I, I don't mean again, Lamar. To me, it's. I know we got a few other crazy stories this offseason, but I, I can't remember one like this where, again, we're on a franchise superstar quarterback team willing to pay, reaching out, and we just have kind of no clue where the player is in this situation. It's still very odd to me. I don't use the term unprecedented lightly. This is definitely without precedent. This is, especially in today's NFL, where the idea is get yourself to the point where they are ready to pay you a market value contract and take it as soon as you can because everything is potentially temporary. It's not guaranteed to be temporary. And I know Dak Prescott still got $160 million over four years, or $140 million, excuse me, over four years. That would have been a hell of a deal. No, it is $160. My math sucks. $160. 40 times 4 equals $160. He got $160 after breaking his ankle. But, look, that's still a serious situation. Ask Alex Smith. When you have a compound fracture and the skin is pierced and the bacteria that resides on the surface of your skin has the opportunity to invade your body, the chances of a serious infection are significant. That was the biggest risk that Dak Prescott had. It's a clean break. It heals. But you got to go through this period of time where you may have an infection. And if you do, you got a major problem. Ask Alex Smith. So uh, there's still risk, and it could derail your career. It could cause you to never get that contract that you've already earned. We've always wanted what's best for Lamar Jackson. Definitely. And I think at a certain point, I think this may be how the Ravens feel. You're trying to do right by the guy, and he won't engage. And at a certain point, you're going to get pissed off. And you are going to start looking around. And you got to ask yourself, if we get through this season and he still won't engage us, tag, trade, tag, trade. Miami, wherever, we're moving on to another quarterback. We can't do this anymore. Well, it's definitely got to be frustrating. It is. But the, to me, they're too far down, you know, the Lamar Jackson wormhole right now to be able to, like, abandon ship just immediately. I mean, sure, Tyler Hundley's very good. He can play, certainly. But they've made a team based on Lamar Jackson's talents and playing that style of football, which is different than just about everybody else in the game. So that's where Lamar does have – a lot of power here and as far as the situation is concerned, let alone, of course, we know he's really awesome football player. 
Yeah, I know, but it, it's still, it's yes, piss the team off. I mean, again, you know, team can't really figure out the future a little bit. I think that's probably the most frustrating thing for them, just balancing the checkbook, where are they going to go, future contracts, all of that. You know, guy, man, guys in the locker room, they got to be like, wait, what the hell? You know, to a degree, as a, as a player, everybody's going to be sitting there going, man, I, I, I wish I could – you know, get a contract like the Ravens want to give Lamar Jackson, but he doesn't want it. I mean, it's just so weird. It's such a weird dynamic. It, it really is. And, you know, I know he's a leader of that football team and they love him. But, um, yeah, I just think this is going to hover over them throughout training camp. And it's still going to be talked about, you know, during the season. And, of course, I have a hard time thinking it won't be on his brain to a degree. You know, if we get to the middle part of the year and it's tough football and, you know, he's taking shots and doing that, the Brandon Marshall element that I brought up so many times to where can you really go pedal to the metal, you know, down a playoff stretch, AFC North football, when you know, oh, man, I, ooh, whoa, I, I, if I don't get hurt, I got a $250 million payday coming here. Like, one, can, can you play that way? I mean, that to me is what we'll be watching, and it's going to be hovering over that team from the media standpoint and, and football fans everywhere. Well, he wasn't able to go pedal to metal down the stretch last I year. I know. That's the a, last four yes. games due to a, right. a fairly basic ankle injury. Guy dove at him low. He was out of the pocket, so the protection against the hit at or below the knee is off. It was a clean, illegal hit. Gets him low, sprains his ankle, and we don't see him the rest of the year. And then on top of that, you know, he's got that weird thing. And I, I, I remember saying this during the season, and I don't say this facetiously. I have Crohn's disease. I'm willing to talk about it. People who may have the symptoms need to get checked, get a colonoscopy. And he kept having these stomach issues, stomach issues. you got to get checked at some point. I remember when Jay Cutler had diabetes, and they never bothered to just give him a blood test and check his Sugar levels, it took forever for them to find out. The guy's losing weight. He's right. weak. He's tired. And how, don't they have doctors out there? Like, how long does it take to get to the bottom of what's wrong with a guy? I think, I think well, sometimes that's where, the whole organization yeah. gets so caught up in the fact that these guys are Superman that they never, they never consider the possibility. They may have just some common ailment that the average person gets. Yeah. Well, I, I, listen, I think maybe this is part of the discussion, you know, again. Uh, I, I, I know that down there that his health and things like that are, are a part of the conversation or at least a concern. They love Lamar Jackson. He's a stand-up guy. They know he's a good guy. He's not doing anything wrong, anything like that. But I think there is a worry from what I've been told down there, okay, by people of just maybe him not you know taking care of himself quite the way he should. You know, as far as professional quarterbacks are concerned, you know, junky food, staying up late. Yes, he was sick a number of times this year. And I think, again, I'm going from things I've heard down from people in Baltimore that, yeah, they feel like his lifestyle a little bit, for lack of a better phrase, a little maybe immature that way. And I don't know. Again, I think we're seeing a little bit of an immature negotiation and approach to this offseason. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just giving my honest take there, Lamar Jackson. Again, want the best for you. Do. But I think those are the facts and some of the things that are on the table there. And, yeah, that is something I know that the Ravens are a little concerned at, concerned with down there. Lamar, if you will sit with me for an interview, I will bring a gently used, hasn't been in the bathroom, copy of the tb12 book signed now it's not inscribed to lamar it's inscribed to mike we can scratch it out and put lamar in damn mike but he signed it. one to you jeez oh yeah what was oh, he yeah. thinking signed <laughs> I, well that was years ago oh okay was, <laughs> yeah yeah that was before i took a turn or he took a turn but either way we are farther apart now than we were when he sent me un unsolicited out of the blue big box i mean it's a big nice yeah right book and the only, you know what? The only time I actually opened it to read it, other than to see it's the a great book. And, and look, who knows if he actually signed it? I'm not I saying I demand did. a certificate of authenticity, but the only time I ever looked in it was to use his own words against him when he did a subway deal last year. That's all I've ever used it for. A You're research tool you, to slam him for taking subway money asshole, when that's you. the last <laughs> the last stuff he would ever put in his body and they did kind of have some self aware fun with it in the commercials. Yes, they did. That's yeah. the only time I ever actually looked at the T B twelve. It's an anyway, impressive book.
Yeah. I'll bring it. And let me tell you, it's substantial enough that if you don't like one of my questions, you can just whack me with it and uh, I will <laughs> yeah, leave. Good night. Right. All right. Uh, this is a precursor, by the way, to getting back to something that we were doing the last time Chris prioritized being here for or where he is for one of our shows, the quarterback countdown, the Chris Sims patent pending trademark all rights reserved quarterback countdown. Number 10, Lamar Jackson, only number 10. Uh-oh, you're going to get another mean tweet today for only having Lamar Jackson. I, I know, and again, Lamar Jackson's phenomenal. And, and again, it, it's a guy that certainly has the talent and next year could be in that top five conversation. But I think of where we were last year, we're still talking about absolutely still one of the most electric quarterbacks in the game, one of the most electric players in the game. That, that's for sure. I mean, And what, what he does not get enough credit for is his pure arm talent. He's got a big-time arm. There's no doubt. I mean, you saw the last play. Look at that play, two feet off the ground, throwing a ball over the middle. Yeah, it wasn't a pretty spiral, but off the ground like that with a hand on your the, the offensive lineman's back and then throwing a ball 20 yards like that. Again, these are the things he does not get enough credit for. He's got a lot of great deliveries. I would say sidearm, throwing the football like that. I mean, it's up there with Mahomes and Josh Allen and that crew. And then, of course, he can throw it with great ease as far as power throws down the football field. He can let it go and has touch to go along with it, too. It's not a guy that just has one club. You know, as you see here, he can take something off it, drop it over linebackers and safeties, and then, of course, can put the, the pedal to the metal when he wants to bomb it, too. But here, I mean, it, this, is, this is Lamar Jackson. And, again, this is why we go it's risky because this is the kind of game he plays. We want to see him get a new contract to protect himself. But he's magical that way. And he he can make all the throws. He's a gifted thrower. He's accurate and all of that. The only negative with, the, with, with, with Lamar Jackson last year is he just got careless. And that's why, to me, he dropped Mike a little bit. He got careless in even some of the games that they came back and won and he pulled magic. But just too aggressive, too greedy. You know, you see it with some of the turnovers last year, career high in interceptions, where just wasn't as trustworthy that way. Maybe looking to make too many plays. You know, again, that's not his fault all the way there. Throws the ball too hard to a short receiver. But this is what it, it was a, a, a thing, a microcosm of the year, trying to fit the ball into some tight windows to make some big-time plays there. That was a little bit off. As far as reading his uh, receiver's route, missed a throw there, throws it too short. Again, mindset was right. The read was right, but just didn't put the ball there. But I think that's why Lamar falls a little bit, Mike, in my opinion. Not his best year. And again, as we've discussed a lot, there's some guys that are really special who had good years, who jumped up into the top 10 that we'll talk about you know, tomorrow and the next day. And that that's the risk ultimately for these guys who establish themselves, you can get passed by the young guys who come in and take the league by storm. But Lamar Jackson does continue to be a great quarterback in the NFL. And I still, when you show the good highlights, I keep saying to myself, how did he last to pick number 32? And we've been down this road yeah. before. It's one of the negatives of not having an agent in the run-up to the draft because all the guys with agents will trash the guy who doesn't have an agent, and the guy who doesn't have an agent has no one to push back. That's what happened and also to him. engage in yeah. counter-programming. So you get guys like Bill Polian saying he should play receiver, and there's no one there to fight Bill Polian. There's no. no one to call up Bill Polian and say, hey, listen, listen, dude. Here's, here's what you need to know about Lamar Jackson. I can send you the video clips. Give me your email address. I'll send them to you. Right. You look at them, and you get back to me as to whether or not you think it should be received. Yeah, exactly. You, how about this, Dad? How about that? That's what the agents do. They work the media aggressively no doubt. to push back against that stuff, right. and that's why he was there. That's why he was there for the Ravens. No doubt. Number 32. The perception got out of hand. It did. Between Bill Polian... You know, and very few people like myself, I will say, who were sticking up and yelling at people on the radio and going, what the hell are you guys talking about? But, Mike, to your point, I can't tell you how many people, and I'm not going to bring up their names, some pr very big-time names in the media. When I made Lamar Jackson one of the top quarterbacks of that, where, I mean, they were like, I would see them. I remember being, I think that year we were in uh, Arizona for the owners' meetings, and I remember so many big-time media guys like, are you serious, Lamar Jackson? And I, So to your point, yes, there was no one to fight back there. Certainly not. And uh, I do think that's the reason he fell.
but this is still and to your point here a good thing he's a quarterback hey we talked about you know what what he can do on the football field I mean of course arms arm is phenomenal legs are phenomenal decision making needs work leadership and effect on the football team I mean that's where again I think you and I wanted Lamar there during the spring is is Lamar's it's up there with one of the the biggest names in the sport the biggest leaders in the sport a team is framed around the guy and they all love him and believe in him and he's like a an urban legend to a degree already and that's where he has great effect on the football team there's no doubt and i think that's another reason you know he's one of the top quarterbacks in the in the league they may just got to bring it in play it by the book a little bit more this year you know, that was the one thing when watching Tyler Hundley, he really played the offense. So we're like to a T, wait, this is what Greg Roman told me to do. You know, and I think Lamar going, well, I've been in the system a little bit, freelanced a little bit too much last year. And I think that cost him and the team a little bit with, you know, some of the quality of play. And that gets back to this more philosophical and fundamental question of the Ravens offense. Are they, are they yeah, skewing toward Lamar running or is he right. skewing toward it when all else fails instead of throwing it off he goes. And I'm looking at the Ravens season stats and this struck me yesterday. We were talking about Tyree kill and his lack of, of sufficient targets from his perspective. And we showed a chart. Well, at the bottom of the chart, top targets were both Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. So they threw the ball 611 times last yes, year. They were not, they shy. threw it more right. than they ran it. Right. Yeah. And and so you know, um, and and now now he's still he's still running the ball, on average eleven point one times per game, but they're still throwing the ball. Yes, I mean, they are. He ended up being the top option in the running game last year because all the other guys tore ACLs. Yes, yes, no, I, that that is a, you know, I I think a little bit of probably why he fell a little bit in in my eyes too is yes, uh, you know, a little bit was put on him last year more than the previous years of you're going to have to win throwing and win the game and play great within the pocket to win these games because of the injuries on the O-line and the injuries to the running back. And that's where I think he tried to press and maybe do a little bit too much. But they're not scared to throw. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's the most creative offense in football, but it's damn good. It's got everything you need. I don't sit there and just go, oh, man, Greg Roman, he's an issue. They better get rid of this guy. Not at all. You know, again, you know, we got to give Greg Roman some credit, too, to go, okay, wait, maybe he's, you know, middle of the pack pass game, but he's towards the top of the pack in the run game, and that's what they want to do. So we got to make sure we do give him credit for that. Uh, and and he's, he's done a good job there. But, Mike, I think to your point with the receiver thing, you know, they are going to take a different approach, I think. Rashad Bateman's got to show up. And then I think with all the tight ends they got, Mike, I think it's going to be a little bit more maybe of that what you're talking about. Two, three tight ends in the game. Hey, we smash mouth football one play. Next play, hey, Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely and some of these other tight ends we got that can go out and catch passes. Now they're split out, and you were in big people personnel to stop our power run game, and now we got you going to compromise there, and the field spread, and our tight ends can run routes, and Lamar can run still. And I think I, I feel like that's where it's going. I don't know that, but it seems like that's where it's going. He had 382 pass attempts in 2021 in only 12 games in 2020 i've got the stats right here he yeah. threw the ball 376 times that so he says, actually says it 15 all. games right 15 games 376 last year 12 games 382 and he led the team in rushing attempts at 133 tied with Devonte freeman for number one but he had significantly more yardage than Devonte freeman freeman one of the guys they brought in after they lost both jk robbins and Gus Edwards. Yeah, Gus Edwards. That's right. That 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 should have been the impetus, right? I remember when that was happening. Right. I mean, Marcus Peters went that, down. Remember? That's that's the impetus to say I need to sign a new contract. How about, how about my how about my contract? <laughs> yeah. Let's right. let's get because I'm seeing it happen all around me. Uh -huh. And again, he doesn't put himself in bubble wrap and stay in the pocket and bail out when the pressure's on. He stays in there. Parcells would have loved it. Stay in there. Hang in there. Take the hit. He, he takes the hits. He does. So it's I, I again, maybe it is just part of it's it's a shame. It's a shame. He's still 25. It's a shame when you're young like that and you do believe you do believe you're invincible. You're be able to do it 
forever. Yeah. I mean, when I was that age, I ran on asphalt and concrete all the time. It was like, oh, you know, you're not going to be able to walk when you're 60. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And now I can't run without my my knees swelling up like hey. bowling pins. Yeah. The bottom part, not the top part. That's the reason I – I mean, it's the reason my I'm, – I'm no joke. I mean, listen, there's other reasons too. I'm an idiot and there's other issues I had. But the, that mindset's the reason I lost my spleen. It was the downfall of my career. I just was – I what? Hit me. I don't care. You're not going to hurt me. Gruden used to call me big soldier, you know, and I just thought, damn, I'm just indestructible. I don't give a damn who hits me. I'm not going to get hurt. And, of course, that was a stupid attitude. And then I was hurt, and it cost myself a lot of money. And that's, you know, again, I think that's what we're trying to say to Lamar. It's all out of love. It really is. Got tremendous respect for the guy. He's played amazing football his whole career. Last year was a down year. There's no doubt about it. And again, with my my rankings, it's we're all on the same offense. You know, you, it's all the same offense. We just got the basics of everything. We're all on the same team. And to me, that's where we saw Lamar a little bit. He got thrown into wait. You got to carry the team with your right arm, like some of the other quarterbacks that we'll talk about later this week. And to me, he's not on their level quite in that area. You know, as of right now, as far as some of the top quarterbacks in the game when it comes to throwing in the pocket and making big-time plays there. And nothing wrong with being fearless on the field. guy we're going to talk about in a second is fearless on the field. But off the field, you got to take care of your business because that fearlessness sets you up for the kind of situation that makes you less marketable. Because, again, it's not what have you done for me lately. It's what are you doing for me right now and what can I expect you to do for me tomorrow. So... There are some tomorrows still to come before we figure out exactly what the long-term future for Lamar Jackson is in Baltimore. This season will be a big factor. And then after the season ends, one of the top off-season storylines for 2023 is what happens between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Long-term contract, franchise tag, and stick around. Franchise tag and trade. Those are the three options. And we'll find out door number one, door number two, door number three after the season ends, Chris. Yeah, we will. I know. And it's it's, it's fascinating, like you said. And I, I kind of feel like you know how you started the show is, is maybe where Lamar's mind is at with this whole situation. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I root for the Ravens. I root for Lamar. I respect the organization greatly. The way they play, just big, tough dudes, no-nonsense football. Harbaugh, I think, is amazing. Lamar is amazing as well, and uh, yeah, I want to. I want to see. You know, I want to see them in the thick of things, in the conversation. Football is better when Lamar and the Ravens are in the playoff combo. Just a few years ago, LSU was winning a national championship, and after the game, Odo Beckham Jr. gave Joe Burrow, as Burrow said, real money. Now, <laughs> Joe Burrow would like the Bengals to maybe give some real money to Odo Beckham Jr. How about this, Joe? Burrow, Instagram, my spidey sense is starting to tingle a little bit. A little bit. OBJ, the one. Hey, last year, the longer OBJ lingered on the market, the more we started to say, and we were saying it before anybody, I'm not you know, patting ourselves on the backs, we were saying it before anybody, if he lingers long enough, the Rams are going to make a run at him. Not the Rams, they can't afford him. Okay, yeah, you did. That was all you, Mike. You were the one that now, said start first. Now, it's our show, it's we. And yeah. now, the longer the Rams let him linger, the longer the, la- the Rams play this, somebody else is going to show up. We've talked about the possibility of the Bucks. The Vikings, we were talking about the Packers yesterday when Miles Simmons, who got up at pre-4 a.m. his time to do the show. So wow. thanks again to Miles what for doing trooper. that. But we didn't talk about the Bengals. Yeah. It feels a little crowded there on that offense for the Bengals, but, hey, the more the merrier. The more the merrier, and, you know, I, you know, it, it, is it that much more crowded than it was when he, they signed him with the Rams last year? You know, uh, fortunately for OBJ, unfortunately for Robert Woods, he got hurt, and then that it really made sense. But, you know, yeah, maybe a hair more crowded. But, again, Mike, we discussed this last week, and I think this is the type of situation, to me, that's perfect for Odell Beckham Jr. 
You know, yeah, we signed you to a team, you know, and hey, we're the Bengals. We don't need you right now. Take your time. Get healthy. Hey, help our two young receivers out too, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, because everywhere you go, receivers literally eat out of your hands like little baby birds, and and you you can mentor them that way. And then, hey, when you're time to go, we'll work you in slowly. And again, you know, more than likely, one of these guys might get banged up, miss a few weeks here and there, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't think it's shocking. And from a guy like Zach Taylor, who, yes, was with the Rams and Sean McVay, maybe they're going to change their approach there in Cincinnati a little bit. It'd be interesting to see. If you're Odo Beckham Jr., and the last two times you've played the Bengals, you've torn an ACL. That's a very good point. Right? <laughs> You're right. You're right. Said, you can't go the there. Last team. You're right. That'd be the last team to play for. <laughs> although, although, if you play for the Bengals, the chances of tearing your ACL the next time you play against the Bengals go to zero. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So maybe that you could, you could go either way there. I don't know. But it makes sense, at least, at least from everything else we talked about. Uh, yeah, that might scare me a little bit, though. You're right. It's, it doesn't. I don't know if it's good luck or bad luck to be on the Bengals if you're OBJ. Yesterday, Rams COO Kevin Demoff said he's optimistic about Odell Beckham Jr. returning to the Rams, and anyone in St. Louis would react to that by saying, Anything that guy says is a lie, so the opposite must be true because Demoff was at the heart of the lies that were told. And sorry, lies were told to the folks in St. Louis to get them to keep buying tickets and merchandise and believing the team was going to be there once they bought land in Southern California to build that swanky new stadium. So Demoff is optimistic. McVeigh is perpetually glass half full. Players on the Rams want him back. Cooper Cup keeps talking about yeah, it. Yeah, they do. At some point, you just have to do it. Stafford's been paid. Yeah. Aaron Donald's been paid. Cup's been paid. I know OBJ's still rehabbing that torn ACL, but all it takes is one of the other 31 teams to say, it's fine with us if we are paying you exclusively to get yourself healthy. We'll get you on the field when you're ready to go. We'll pass you on a physical for our purposes. We'll pay you your signing bonus. We welcome you in. We show you the love. We want you to be here. We support you fully as you continue to come back from this horrific and unfair and fluke injury that you suffered when you were on your way to being the Super Bowl 56 MVP. The Bengals saw it. It makes sense for the Bengals to be interested. They saw what he was doing in the most important game of the year. The best offensive player on the field for the Rams before his ACL tour. So it really doesn't surprise me that the Bengals would be interested. Beyond the OBJ, Joe Burrow, LSU connection, right. the Bengals should be saying, yeah, look, hey, we had a game plan, and this guy yeah. this, this guy was screwing it all up. No doubt. Yeah, I, he still has those special capabilities. I, I don't think there's any doubt. And, yeah, it's it's two ACL tears. It's, it's a little scary. But he's at an age still where I go, I don't think it's going to be – you know, a, a career ender or anything like that as far as talking about that. So he's a hard worker. He does all the things he needs to rehab-wise. So that's where it makes sense. But I do feel like with the Rams, when they – I know they are maybe a little overly positive, but when they start to all talk, I feel like it usually happens. They know. You know, I think we've been in some other off-seasons where – you know, again, there, there wasn't, hey, Todd, we don't know what's going to happen with Todd Gurley. They're, they kind of were like, we didn't hear anything. I feel like when you don't hear anything, they probably don't want you back. When they talk and do all this, and then like you talked about, I mean, everybody's making comments about they want OBG, OBJ back. Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, everybody, to where it just seems like it makes too, uh, too much sense. And I just think it's inevitable when it's all said and done. And look, it's it's... I think the Rams better wake up and get this done because I think somebody else, there's too many other teams out there that recognize what he can do. Somebody else is going to do it. So your assignment yesterday entailed a trip to Cincinnati to hang out with Joe Burrow. Interview coming next week on Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Everybody check that out. I know I will. What was your big takeaway from hanging out with Joe Burrow? Oh, well, first off, it's hot as hell there. Let me just say that. I mean, this is what I'm sitting out there. You just saw me rubbing my forehead. I'm sweaty as hell and sweating through my shirt. The guy doesn't have, like, one drop coming off him. So Joe Cool was, like, really cool. Yeah, yeah, don't wear black in the summertime, Johnny Cash. Well, I know. What's with all the black? Well, you look like you're going to a funeral. I was afraid if I wore a lighter color, I would have, like, sweat and armpit stains everywhere. So I figured, like, the black might help out. But he was awesome to talk to. 
You could tell he's so into every little nuance in the football game and has this unique way. It's it's really hard to describe. Like it's a a cocky humbleness. Does that make sense? There is a. The, I've talked to him. I've talked to him on the phone six, seven times, and he just says what he believes. Right. And there's no edge to it. Exactly. There's, there's no, no jerk to exactly. it. Exactly. He just says it. That's his truth. It's it, his truth, and he speaks it. Exactly right. He's not looking to frame a story or an image or anything that way. And has he's just very easy to talk to. And like you said, it's honest. It's open. You know, don't feel like there's any agendas there. And he's not looking for attention or anything like that. But at the same time, when he walks in the room, I mean, he's Joe Burrow and he's the coolest guy in the room. And you could tell that just walking around the facility yesterday, for sure. I mean, again, I saw, even saw um, Mr. Brown, he walking around the field. He saw Joe Burrow. They went over, have a conversation for a few minutes. Um, he's changed that organization. He's got a special way about him, like we've seen some of these young star quarterbacks do, where yeah, he's, he's gone try, there he's and trying to, try to cool. get him not to associate with you. What are you doing with <laughs> that pothead? You sure you want to talk to him? him? Yeah, be careful. He's going to give you a different kind of cigar, Joe. I know you like a good cigar, but you don't want that one. Yeah. Can we show the picture again? I'm curious about something. Oh, my gosh. I'm, about I'm sweating. I'm, just, I'm curious about multiple things. Yeah. Seriously. First of all, are you on your tiptoes? No, not at all. Okay. You, you know right. me. Well, you I don't was... have to do that because you are a giant. Exactly. Uh, second of all, it's kind of like a before after. It's almost like a father son picture. I don't know. He's he looks really young. You 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 look like you just finished the spleen game. Like we need Jake Delome to walk into the frame and say you don't look so good. Yeah. yeah they, 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 he kicked your ass yesterday. I, it kicked my ass. It really did. And we were out there for a while, so it started to really pour out of me. You know, at the end of the conversation where I could not control it, but Mike. Um, I don't it was know. hot. It was hot in this area because we're yeah. not that far away. Hot and it humid. It was hot. Yes. Really hot yesterday. Oh, my gosh. It was. I was not ready for it. And we haven't had hot days like that up in the Northeast yet. So I was, like, not conditioned to it. But, uh, I, you know, again, I'm not trying to – There was. I came home, to, to your point, a little bit, and I went, I don't know. The guy reminds me of myself in a lot of ways. He's not as jerky and he's more professional and buttoned up than I was at that age for sure. Uh, but – uh, you know, again, you know, quarterbacks. I don't think we all we all fall not too far from the tree. But man, I really enjoyed it, and he really got into some nuance with me about his mechanics and his thought process and some of the trials and tribulations of his life and his career that were really cool. So hopefully, people will enjoy it on the podcast next week. When he's got a good personality, he's got a natu- uh, natural charm, and he I does. think during. Your time with the Buccaneers, first of all, John Gruden's personality took over the whole team, sucked all the oxygen out of the room, so it was hard to really get a feel for how you really were and who you really were. And the Buccaneers were kind of in that post-Super Bowl decline. They weren't the flashy team that everyone was paying attention to, and you were in the process of coming into your own when the spleen situation happened. But Burrow's got that look. He he benefits from the grown-up Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. He looks more like... Macaulay Culkin is an adult than Macaulay Culkin as an adult looks. And and he, he and that that allows him, that gives him that ability to say whatever he wants because he doesn't he looks like an overgrown kid. He just does. He, he he is, and he doesn't he doesn't shy away from it. He doesn't want attention. He talks about going to I don't go out to restaurants because I don't want to sit there and have people watching me eat you know do you he see ta- any peas on my plate yeah, yeah he talks know, about that my, you know i what i loved about him too mike is he shared like you know he showed that he had a life a little bit you know sometimes i feel like you talk about these quarterbacks and they act like i don't do anything but watch film all week long i do nothing else except sleep and watch film and they try to like portray that image and he was cool in the fact where he's like you know monday i come in here and watch film and do all that but then after that's over, I get away from football a little bit. And as I place video games, is how I keep in contact with some of my old friends. We get on video games, I put on the headset, we play for a little while, and I get to talk to them and catch up that way. And I, again, to me, I love that honesty too. Just being like, oh yeah, I don't forget, I am a normal human being here as well. And I think that's why guys on the team love them as well. It's not always robot quarterback. I gotta do this and eat a protein shake and go throw footballs. He's willing to hang out and you know play video games and listen to some hip hop mu- music and be one of the guys. And that, of course, goes over great with the team. 
So basically you're saying he is not like a 44-year-old cyborg who is the current quarterback of the team he used to play for. Well, yeah, right. It's, it's, he's, a, he's got a little more personality to him that way. At although, least. although. But Brady's although, got more than people realize. Although yeah. the robot has been reprogrammed 100%. to pretend to be a live boy. I will say that. <laughs> you're funny. He has. He's, <laughs> I, he's kind of hilarious on, on social media right now, Tom Brady, for sure. But, yeah, Burrow. Burroughs is as cool as they come, and he's changed that organization. And to your point, he's got that, like, Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes, million-dollar smile where you're right. It's hard to really think a bad thought about him. It doesn't seem like he ever had, they ever have bad thoughts in their brain, and kids just gravitate towards him because they're just like, whoa, he looks like he's just a bigger kid to me. So I like this guy playing awesome quarterback football. You know, that's, that's where he's, you know, I think got a, a, a magical way about him. Well, I think it makes it hard for the fans of the teams that compete directly with the Bengals, specifically the other three teams in the AFC North, Steelers, Browns, Ravens, to hate the guy. Yeah, You want right. to hate the quarterback yeah. of one of your arch rivals. What, what what do you find about Joe? It's kind of like with Mahomes, too, and Josh exactly. Allen to a certain extent. What is there to hate, hate about yeah. these guys? Right. That's, one of the, that's one of the sneaky qualities of this new age of yes, quarterback right i'll throw lamar jackson in there too what's there to hate like justin where herbert. is that edge where you 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 yeah there's something where you oh I, ooh, I yeah he's so him. annoying when he does that yeah, right you're right they don't they don't have that they don't now maybe they will if they continue to win and they're on our tv screen all the time and we'll get we'll find somehow to get some way to get sick of them uh but you're right they don't have that you know that little attitude about them or anything there that, that makes you turned off by their actions at all. You know, before we go to break, I'm thinking of the old Phil Sims workout video. We have, I think potentially the Chris Sims weight loss approach. <laughs> We're all black on a hot day in Cincinnati. Oh my gosh. And we'll probably lose 15 pounds. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I was, I was crushed. I mean, I then had her like run to the airport and catch the flight. Right. With, throw you get a hamburger. Off. What's that? No, 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 no hamburgers yesterday. <laughs> we played it safe. We didn't touch anything there. <laughs> All right. Oh, there he All is. Right, There's Big up. Phil. <laughs> He's leading us. That's, that's Phil. Yes. Uh, and Peter, Peter's up. Uh, Reggie we were Jackson. About him recently, 57. And Reggie Williams. Reggie Williams, right. And you're Todd Christensen. And, and then I'm just I, a female, I guess. So I've been yeah. portrayed at. So, All okay. right. Uh, <laughs> Let's take a break. When we return, one of the biggest stories of the offseason that many are ignoring has become unignorable. It's not real, Mike. What are you talking about? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 